life will always challenge living by faith. Whenever it is in your heart, whenever it is in your mind, whenever you have decided to live by faith, the world will immediately push back against it. The enemy does not want you to live by faith. He wants, he wants you to live by sight because that's how he lived. Each step builds more confidence with God. My goal is not to waver, but to live in confidence. Here it comes a brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. Opportunity and challenge like your word directs me to what's right and spurs me on right through the fight with the promise of new life. Good evening, everyone. My name is John, and you're listening to A Word with God. I'd encourage you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 4 while we continue to go through an overall series. Oh, good evening, Stan. How are you? Good evening, John. Good to see you. It's good to see you, too. I almost missed you there. Well, there you go. I am, I am here. <laughs> good. So, Stan, we're going through uh, an overall series, The Gospel of Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ, and I am not ashamed of the gospel. Right. And this is Paul really going through, as I've said before, some pretty heavy things, some yeah. pretty uh, deep philosophical points, and, and he goes through a whole bunch of them. Right. And you have to just try to kind of hold on and keep 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 holding on to mm-hmm. you know what's going on and mm-hmm. just keep having your brain ready to go. This is, this is the kind of letter that every time you read through it, you, you glean something new, yep. something to add into the toolbox of, of how to sin and forgiveness and the old nature versus the new nature and um, you know God's love for the world and yet God's justice and his holiness. and I mean, it all gets mixed in. Yeah, it, it, there's there's a lot here, and it's yeah, you're right. It's sometimes you don't always catch everything that's going on. You have to kind of go through it again and mm-hmm. potentially again and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I like that you put in here, Stan, was um, there's some interesting points, right? When it comes when it comes to Paul, and see if I got this straight. To receive the promises of God, I have to trust in God and not my ability to keep the law. Right. Right. Um, so, and what we kind of went through in here was saying, you know, I'm no longer judged by the law, right? Mm-hmm. As a Christian. As a Christian, yeah. which which is one of those things, when I think of that, the analogy I use is, this is the best diet ever. I can <laughs> eat whatever I want, anytime that I want, and I'm not going to gain any weight. Right. Matter of fact, I might even lose some, right? That's <laughs> yeah. what it sounds like yeah. when you hear yeah. it, yeah. right? Can yeah. you kind of... I, and I know that's not the case. I know it's not like, you mean yeah, I can do anything I want yeah, now that I'm not yeah. under the law? No, now I'm under the law of love. Now I'm under the law of Christ. And it's this, this, this one who died for me and now calls me to follow him and tells me that it's all done through loving him, not working harder. Well, sounds great. Well, you know what? Let's continue going through it together uh, this evening and we'll go through some questions at the end. Don't you find it encouraging that when somebody like Abraham who, who messes up, and I mean, or even David, a murderer, a adulterer, 
who can be a man after God's own heart, that God can change you, that God can come into your life, that he can walk beside you, that you don't have to be the person that you once were, that you now can become a different man, a different woman, walking in faith, not by sight, that he will come alongside you, that he guarantees you that he is part of this plan with you, that he will take up your case and take up your cause. You have the handshake of God that he is with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. That is an amazing, amazing news. Verse 17. As it is written, he's given some Bible background here. A father of many nations have I made you. That's God making that declaration to Abraham. And this is, this is God's promises are sure to Abraham. A father of many nations have I made you in the presence of him who he, that's Abraham, that he, believed. Even God. God was there. God promised. God came alongside. God guaranteed it. God is the witness to Abraham that God would do for Abraham what Abraham was promised God would do. Cool. And he goes on, who is this God who gives life to the dead? Here's, here's, your, here's his resume. Here's a resume of this God who has given you a handshake, who has made an amazing deal with you a promise to you he is the one who gives life to the dead and secondly and calls into being what does not exist it means he's the creator that when god spoke and the worlds were formed from nothing out of nothing and as his words left the worlds were formed that's this kind of that's the god who makes this promise to you an amazing promise well here's three thoughts this amazing God used the life of Abraham as an object lesson on, on what it is to walk by faith. It would be good, probably, to do some studying to who Abraham is and the faith walk that he had. It would give you some clues, maybe, how God would want to work in your life. Secondly, God has an amazing resume. He is the creator. He is the savior. He is the one who holds all things together by his word. And uh, thirdly, God guarantees the same results in our life if we walk in faith. You have his word on it. He's going to keep you. He's going to guide you. He is going to save you. He is not a challenge to him. God is not up there, Jeremy, going, I don't know if I can keep this Jeremy guy in line. Maybe your wife thinks that once in a while, but God's not, God doesn't even break a sweat. God doesn't break a sweat over taking care of you. God doesn't break a sweat in his, as, he, as he works in your life. He is so able to do what he says he will do. It is not a challenge for God. We find the challenge, don't we? God doesn't find the challenge. Well, the promises of God do not come through being good, verses 13 to 15. It's always been by faith, verses 16 to 17. Thirdly, Pushbacks against faith are common. Verses 18 to 22. Ever thought you could do something only to have somebody laugh at you and say that you can't do it? Ever entered a new job and you thought that you were qualified and there were other people in that job already who didn't think you were qualified? There will be pushbacks in life. 
There'll be times and there'll be opportunities where you will move ahead and sometimes you will move ahead for God thinking that you're doing God's thing, that you're being obedient to him and there'll be people immediately who will push back against you. They will push back against that kind of thinking. Pushback number one is a lack of hope. Living by faith, not by sight. It's, it, it's, uh, the, the incredible can happen. And it starts off here in verse 18. In hope against hope, he believed, that's Abraham, it's against all reasoning, Abraham believed so that he might become a father of many nations. He was persuaded that God would keep his word, that, that the purposes of God, of him being a father of many nations, would come about according to that which was bespoken. So shall your descendants be. Like God said that he would become a father, and, and it was insane for him to think that. I mean, Isaac was born when, when, when Abraham was 100, and Sarah was in her 90s, and, and it just does not make sense. That's a pushback, isn't it? Isn't that a pushback in life? God makes a promise, and, and sometimes it's life circumstances that push back against us. And those who follow in Abraham's footsteps of faith are also his descendants. Millions upon millions became his children, spiritually. It was bigger than even Abraham. Abraham was thinking like a child. If I can have a child, that'll be the beginning of this many nations thing. Remember, he did the, he did the detour. Detours don't work good. He went with Hagar and they had Ishmael. God said... Not that detour, Abraham, that's not what I'm talking about. I have something else in mind. I'm going to do this with you and with Sarah. By that time, remember Sarah had her kind of laughing fit? Ever heard something from God and you just, I mean, it just made, just cracked up and said, I just can't believe this. That's where she was. Hope against hope, he believed, so that he might become the father of many nations, according to which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. It was bigger than he could ever have imagined. That's pushback number one, a lack of hope. Pushback number two, overwhelming difficulties. Admitting the difficulties is not a lack of faith. It was not a lack of faith to admit the difficulties. Verse 19, without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated, he perceived, he observed, he understood his own body. I'm going to have a child, and I'm almost 100. Now as good as dead. We won't go into what that means, but you can figure out what that means. It's pretty explicit in the text. Since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Sarah was dead, he was dead, and God says you're going to have a child. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty beyond belief. There are overwhelming difficulties with that promise. And we see the evidence of faith, of saving faith, even, even without hope, even with the overwhelming difficulties. Yet, verse 20, in spite of the obstacles of faith, with, respond, with respect to the promises of God, there's four things. One, he did not waver. He didn't go from a path. To waver, there's an idea of going, am I going to go left or am I going to go right? Am I going to believe God? Am I going to act in faith? And we talked about that a few weeks ago. Abraham had to act in faith. Both him and Sarah, at 100 and in their 90s, had to act in faith. And they did. 
He did not waver in unbelief, but, number two, grew strong in faith, didn't waver, but increased faith. His faith increased. I mean, is your faith increasing as God's taking you through the things he's taking you through? Are you wavering? Or is your faith increasing? Thirdly, giving glory to God. Are you complaining to God or are you giving glory to God? Fourthly, and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Wow. Therefore, verse 22, because of these things, it was also credited to him as righteousness. It begins by a belief in the supernatural. Abraham had to believe in a supernatural God. In the condition he was in, in the condition Sarah was in, which was no condition, to be in a condition. Get that? He had to believe in a supernatural God. It flies in the face of rationalism. It's not a lack of faith to wonder, but it's a lack of faith to doubt. We can wonder... We can go, what are you going to do? How are you going to do it? But not walking in doubt, not walking in unbelief. And fourthly, the product of faith is a stronger faith. That's saving faith. Those four things, you put them together, they are earmarks, they are signposts of what it is to have a saving faith in God. Well, assessing my circumstances. What do I do? I'm faced with a big obstacle of faith. What do I do when I'm faced with something that God is calling me to do and I don't know how I'm going to do it? Number one, have I done what I'm supposed to do? Have I done what I'm supposed to do? There's many things that we're to do. We're to pray without ceasing. We're to be diligent in our work. We're to be prudent in our actions. You can go through scripture and you will find a bazillion things that you're supposed to be doing. If you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, it's like finding a job. You don't find a job by sitting at home watching Oprah. It doesn't work that way. You've got to put the resumes in. You've got to do the, it's all done on web now, I'm told. But whatever you've got to do, you've got to do the things to get a job. You just can't sit there and wait for it. Am I doing it? Am I praying? Am I diligent? Am I prudent? Number two, am I walking in obedience to what I know is God's will? One of the things we know is God's will, and there's, again, a bazillion of them in Scripture, is to in everything give thanks. Are you thankful in this? So Good Friday's coming up, Stan. Tell us about what's going on in Evangel for that. Well, we have a special service on uh, Friday morning at 10.30, and it's the 29th of March. 29th of March. And there's going to be worship and uh, readings and uh, a time together sharing uh, over the uh, great gospel message of Jesus giving his life for us. And uh, we hope to see you there. Yeah, 112 Spadina Road West. 112 Spadina Road West, Kitchener, Ontario. But there are so many things that we are to, we're to be doing, that we're to be walking in obedience. Thirdly, have I acknowledged my dependence upon God? Looking to Him for the solution, not my resourcefulness. Do you understand, are you living in the light of the truth that it's you 
It's not you who's going to make this happen, but it's God. Abraham and Sarah had to do what they had to do to have a baby. But it was going to be God who was going to make them conceive. Fourthly, acknowledging the greatness of the obstacles in the way is not a lack of faith. I want to say that over and over again to you. Acknowledging the obstacles is not a lack of faith. You have to acknowledge them. Only when you acknowledge them is then does God receive the glory when he overcomes them. Some of you have gone through some tough times. Some of you have gone through some tough times medically. Some of you have gone through tough times financially. Some of you have gone through very difficult times when it comes to relationships. And only when you acknowledge how great the distance is, only when you acknowledge how far you have to go, only when you acknowledge how impossible it is in the flesh, does God get the glory when God brings the impossible about. Well, the promises of God don't come through being good. It's always been by faith, always will be. We can expect pushbacks against faith. Fourthly, God wants to give you assurance. Verses 23, 24. Verse 23, now, not for his sake. Who's that his? That's Abraham. Now, not for his sake only was it written that it, I'm going to figure out what the it is. The it is faith. Bring it back to the closest antecedent. Now, for not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him. Righteousness, going to Abraham, being stepping forward in faith, but for ours only. That first section there, he's saying like Abraham's life is an assurance to you what God did in Abraham's life. When Abraham stepped out in faith, when God met him where he was, when God allowed him to conceive and become a father of nations, when Abraham stepped out by faith and God said, move from here and move there. Go from here and go down to Egypt. I'll bring you back again. Every step of the way, every walk of Abraham's life is like a pledge to you. It's like a sign saying, I can do the miraculous. I can step into your life and I can overcome whatever you're facing, whatever you're suffering from, whatever the obstacle is in front of you, I can get you through this. The second, assurance number two, to whom it will be, but for our sake also, to whom it will be credited. But those who believe in him, who's the him? God. To those who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. God stepped in. Not only is Abraham's life a pledge and a signpost, but God himself stepping into time and space and bringing Jesus on the scene and seeing your need and seeing the predicament you were in, God himself is an assurance. That should assure you right there that God sees you, God knows you, he knows your circumstances. You were on his mind before time began. And God in the fullness of time brought about Jesus who he raised from the dead verse 25 assurance number 3 he Jesus who was delivered over this is Jesus stepping up 
because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. Abraham stepped forward. God stepped in. And Jesus stepped up. Those are the three assurances that you have as a believer that God is with you and for you and will bring the promises of God about in your life. What's God's promise to you? What promises has God made to you in your life? How are you seeing them being worked out? Maybe there's a promise that God has made to you in your heart and you haven't seen it come about yet and you're waiting and you're wondering, will this ever be, will this ever come about? You have assurances in the life of Abraham. He stepped out in faith and God honored that. In God himself who stepped up and brought his son and raised him from the dead. And thirdly, Jesus who became your justification. Some application for this morning. Short verses, not a lot there, but filled with the power of God. Number one, walking by faith is the only way that you can be in relationship with Jesus. There's no other way. The world will tell you so many things that you need. The world will tell you so many things that will make you happy. The world will tell you, it will sell you. I mean, if you just wa- watch, I mean, we got a stack of meal on Thursday like that thick of things that we need to be happy. God has a different plan, and a different way to lead us through life. Walking in faith is the only way we can be in relationship with Jesus. Number two, faith mixed with anything else is not faith, it becomes nullified. Whenever you add the law, whenever you add being good, whenever you add anything to living and walking by faith, Scripture says it's by faith that you're saved, and it goes on in 1 Corinthians to say that you live by faith. Not only are you saved by faith, but you live by faith. Moment by moment, step by step, you add anything to that and it nullifies faith. It's no longer faith. It's that thing. You can't have faith and finances. You can't have faith and, and, and Dr. Phil on how to fix your relationships. You can't have faith in anything else. It no longer is faith if it's faith plus something. Faith alone. Thirdly, the law, being good, can never be seen as a way to achieve God's acceptance. You've been given acceptance. Number four, life will always challenge living by faith. Whenever it is in your heart, whenever it is in your mind, whenever you have decided to live by faith, the world will immediately push back against it. The enemy does not want you to live by faith. He wants wants you to live by sight because that's how he lived. Each step builds more confidence with God. My goal is not to waver, but to live in confidence. Fifthly, I can look to the lives of other believers 
dead or alive. I mean, right from Abraham on through to your grandparents, maybe your parents, maybe an uncle, an aunt, like from everybody who has lived by faith becomes a billboard of what it is to live by faith and the promises of God coming into their life and being able to trust him to get us through. Are you a billboard? What kind of a billboard are you? You want to, you know, those saggy billboards where, the, where it rains and, that, and they start to unravel? And you don't know quite what that was advertising because it's like this two or three strips are like falling down and you're not sure what, you know, is it Telus? Is that a hippopotamus? Is that, what is it on there? What kind of a billboard are you? Are you a man or a woman walking and living by faith? That's what God desires, unwavering. Admitting the tough parts, admitting the big things in front of you, but unwavering in your trust in who God is. That's where he wants to take you, fourthly, or fifthly. I can look to the lives of, uh, sorry, this is the last one, sixthly. The cross and the resurrection are the greatest evidences that a life lived by faith is attainable. The cross and the resurrection. They become our pledges from God. I mean, we have Abraham's life. We saw those three things, remember? Abraham's life spoke to us. Greater than Abraham's life is the cross, God's love for you, Jesus' love for you, that he would go on a cross for you, and the power of God to bring him back from the dead. What does Revelation say? He is the first fruit of those who were raised from the dead. Those are the two badges that you know that God is there and that you can trust him to keep his word, his promise to you that you will inherit the earth. That means back in relationship, back to Genesis chapter 2, back to where God designed you to live and to live for eternity. You can trust God to come alongside and do what he's promised you to do. Okay, so Stan, as Christians, God loves us. True. Question, can God like us? And technically, can God dislike us as well? <laughs> you know you know what I mean? Love is different than like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's times that my wife, I'm sure, loves me, but I'm not <laughs> sure she likes me in the mm. moment. That's a very good question. Um, are we always pleasing to God? No. Not in ourselves, but it says in scripture that he looks at us through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so even though you and I sin, and if we were on our own, we would be in a not really good place with God, that because we stand in Jesus' righteousness, that wherever, whatever we are doing, wherever we are at, God looks at us through his righteousness and we are accepted and loved. And I think the word accepted there takes in this like thing that you were talking about. So I'm not sure that was a really strong answer, but that's <laughs> what's the best I can come up with right now. We should just we should just be happy and thankful at all times that, we're that there's someone else yes. in front of us. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us this evening. And again, we're going to continue going through Romans and the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel next week. So look forward to you joining us. And remember, don't end your day without a word with God. Here it comes a brand new day, but I don't...
Right through the fight with the promise of new life.